Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, October 1st, 2022. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. These, no doubt, are very familiar words to you. Perhaps the most well-known hymn in the English language, you've sang it countless times in your life, most likely, Amazing Grace. We're familiar with the song, we're familiar with the words and the concept of God's amazing grace, but today we want to make sure we don't get too familiar with this idea of amazing grace. We want to take a moment today to pause, to remember just how amazing God's grace is. Because we're in uh, one of the chapters today that reminds us of God's grace in in some of the most beautiful, strong, powerful words uh, that, that we can find in all of Scripture. So today in the New Testament, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2, and it's going to remind us about God's amazing grace. And I want you to stop and be refreshed in your amazement for God's amazing grace today by just remembering uh, a few things, uh, just one, where you were, two, where you are now, and three, where you are going to be. Um, If we think about where we were, the chapter starts and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, all among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So that's where you were. And, and that first image is so powerful, and I think some don't give enough credit to this. You were dead. You were dead. Have you ever seen a dead body? Guess what? It's dead. It's not doing anything. And that's the same for us without Christ. We were dead. It's not just that we were struggling. It's not just, uh, you know, well, we, were, we weren't really listening to our, our good side. We were listening to our bad side. No, you were dead. You were powerless. You were helpless. Um, and that's why I firmly believe unless God reaches out to save us, we're not getting saved because we were dead, dead, dead in our sin. However, it's not as if we were just following our sin as if we were somehow forced into it. We were following what we wanted there. It says that we were living in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. So we were living in our sin and that's what we wanted. And because of this, we were really just following the schemes of the devil and uh, we were on a crash course with the wrath of God. In fact, we were children of wrath. We had a, a childlike relationship to the wrath of God. That's who we belonged to. And that's where we were headed. So that's where you were 
dead in your sin, living in your passions, following the course of the world on the road to destruction. That's where you were. But where are you now? Verse four, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. We are now alive together with Christ. What an amazing thing. We once were lost, but now we're found. We once were blind, but now we see. We once were dead, and now we are alive. How? How are we alive? Well, it makes it clear, by grace, that's how. You were saved by grace. And and verse 8 makes that clear, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. So now you belong to Christ. You are a child of the King, and this is completely a gift to you. It is not something that you have earned. Uh, It is all by God's grace because he's rich in mercy, because his love is great. He has made you alive together with Christ. That's where you are now. You were dead. Now you're alive and you're alive, not because you've earned it, not because you're amazing, but because of the grace of God. That's pretty amazing. You were dead, helpless. God made you alive. What did it cost you? Nothing. It was a free gift of God. And then there's the idea of of where you're going. Uh, And it says in verse six that he has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We've got ages and ages of immeasurable riches waiting for us. That's where you're headed. And again, you don't deserve that because you were dead and headed to destruction. And now you're alive because of grace. And in the future, well, there there is riches stored up for you, immeasurable riches, which God wants to show you in the coming ages. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. God's grace is amazing. And I hope you're refreshed in that uh, today. There's some other things just to note here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, even that reminder for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Works are not a part of the equation that leads to our salvation, but works are a part of the equation that lead from our salvation. God has raised us up with him to live differently, to to do these good works, which God has prepared beforehand for us. Uh, Some of the rest of the chapter gets into uh, really the idea of the division of Jews and Gentiles and how we are now one in Christ and the Gentiles who were far off have been brought near. There's a couple things uh, that are helpful. I love verse 18. 
For through him, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. I think that's really an idea of how prayer works. Uh, Jesus is the one who gives us access. We're, we're going to the Father and then the Spirit. He's the one who who helps us, who guides us. Uh, in that, I like to think of, you know, you, you're going to a concert and you've got, you know, a hookup, you've got a connection that gets you in to see the band or the, the artist, right? Well, well, Jesus, he's the connection. You, you can get in to see the father because of Jesus, but the one who's going to help you actually lead you through uh, the venue to get to the, the artist, or in this case, in the illustration, the one that's going to lead us actually to God is the spirit. And so in our prayers, the reason we can come to God is Jesus Christ and his grace. That's why we pray in Jesus's name. Uh, but then the, the spirit guides our prayers or as Romans 8 reminds us, it helps us in our prayers, even as we don't know how to pray as we ought to. And then it reminds us of the church and it describes the church in verse 20 is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Uh, notice there even the past tense of that. And that's something where I know Christians can disagree in how they define things, but I understand these offices of apostles and prophets to be things that aren't functioning in the church today. And why why would I say something like that? Well, even a verse like this, because those things, the apostles and prophets, they were foundational. But now that foundation has been laid. And so those offices have not continued, uh, partly because when those when the apostles and the prophets were around, guess what? They didn't have the New Testament. But now we do. The foundation has been laid and we live according to the scriptures uh, in the church. So just some other things there from Ephesians 2. As we go back to Hosea chapters 5 through 8 today, uh, we see... Uh, again, more of the grace of God. We, we see more of his holiness and his judgment against their sin, but you also uh, you also see his compassion towards them. You, you see a plea to repentance really in verse uh, chapter six, starting in verse one, come, let us return to the Lord for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers and as the spring rain that waters the earth. Uh, there's this idea. If we turn to God in repentance, he will come to us. And that's another picture of God's grace, that he responds to repentance with grace. And you even see just his heart when he says, what shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? You get a sense that he has a longing for the people. Yes, he is angry in a holy, righteous way against the sin of his people, but he is also compassionate. And you see the heart that he has. His his heart is not um, one where, oh man, all I want to do is beat up on Ephraim and Judah. No, he he longs for them. Even though he he will punish them according to his word, he, he longs for their repentance. So notice that those glimpses of grace, even in a book that is strong, uh, in its message of judgment for the spiritual adultery, even the spiritual prostitution of the people of Israel. So I hope that you are encouraged today. I hope we don't just get comfortable and familiar really with the grace of God. It is truly amazing. And I hope you remember where you were, where you are now, and, and think about where you're going to be and the fact that you owe all of that, not to yourself, but to the amazing grace of God. 
Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.